Welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of June 23rd, 2013. This is episode number 198, and I am Adam Meyer, Creative Director for Interval, joined today by Robert Prevo, Senior Account Director at Interval, and Katie Streeter, Content Marketing Specialist at Interval. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey. Happy day. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. Pretty good. Just before the show, we were talking about accidentally texting people and the problems we all run into every once in a while on our mobile devices in this era of uh, instant communication and text messaging. And, um, you know, we've been running down all of our these top lists the last few episodes, and um, we have one for this week, which we'll get to in a moment. But I was just thinking, man, that would have been a good top top list, your top five uh, inappropriate text messages that were sent to the wrong person or they were appropriate had they gone to the right person right 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 (laughs) yeah i think i was gonna say i think most people have uh encountered the accidental text yeah Uh, fortunately as we were all talking about ours they weren't they weren't too inappropriate and more fun they were always good (laughs) it's really unfortunate if you mention someone in your text and you were thinking about that person, so you accidentally send it to them, and then you send it to that person. That's the unfortunate I, instance. I feel you say it as if you've been in this situation. I may have been in this situation once or twice. <laughs> Probably my I'm, fault. I'm pretty sure I've done that via email at least once in my lifetime, if not more than that. I yeah. don't know if I've done it in text yet. I've definitely sent some to the wrong people. But, uh, I don't think anything, I can't recall anything that's been too, too bad, like inappropriate, like something to my mom that was intended for my girlfriend or something (laughs) (laughs) or or our wife, I should say today. (laughs) I had a friend who, uh, oh, go ahead, Katie. No, I was just going to say my dad always sends me the wrong texts and they're nothing inappropriate. Thank God. But (laughs) (laughs) it happens all the time. Very awkward. (laughs) Dad? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I had a friend who sent a, an email, um, meant to send an email to a friend, kind of disparaging uh, someone else that they both knew uh, in kind of a, a work setting and accidentally sent it to the person they were ripping yes. on. And that person fired right back and said, are you talking about <laughs> me? Oh. And then it, she quickly just, oh, wow, and apologized. Uh, but it was yeah, like, man, wow, that, that couldn't have got any worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I've just learned to not do that stuff over email. Right. It's like, you know yeah. what? Let's just get together if there's something <laughs> to talk about. Let's get together and talk about it. <laughs> yeah, or, or right. make, have a phone call or something because, right. man, it's, right. just, it's just too damn easy. And even the yeah. paper trail of that stuff or quote-unquote paper trail, you know, right. you never right. know when somebody is going to like respond and like copy the other person on it. And, you know, not thinking that the other, that the message, the original message will still be there when they do that. It's like, no. Right. <laughs> that's like, so, yeah. Robert, that's like when I made a mention of how I ordered some K cups for the office and I accidentally forwarded it to Jackie because Jackie's very against K cups. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're destroying the, uh, the earth with our disposable K cups yeah. with your delicious coffee. The eco friendly version. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> So, well, what do we have for updates? we digress. <laughs> yes. What's, uh, we must have some updates for today. Yeah. What do we have? I can take the Where's my, agen- I can take Where's the my updates. agenda here? All right. What's um, going on? So just as a reminder, we have this little fun countdown to podcast 
um, 200. And um, each week, I think starting with 196, we posed a question and we'd love you guys to our listeners to submit your answers to these questions slash topics. And in the 200th podcast, we're going to um, go over some of the answers, talk about them, laugh about them. And then each time you submit an answer, your name will be entered into our arrogant cauldron slash urn. And um, you could win a prize. And our prizes are an iPad mini, Fitbit, Apple TV, and a free subscription to the Weekly Probe. So make sure you... Uh, <laughs> answer those questions and for next week our next week's question is in the past seven years who have been the marketing leaders whether the three marketing leaders whether that's an individual company or organization inside or outside of healthcare that you've looked up to for inspiration for your own efforts and uh, we're hoping you guys can send us some some good things and whether that be a a Pepsi of the world or it's some person in your own organization that you look up to. Uh, we'd love to hear yeah. what you think. So. Or an author or a speaker or yeah. whatever. Right. And like Katie said, it doesn't have to be healthcare. It could be any industry. Yep. Um, and, and, and the seven years uh, references because that was seven years ago is when we did the first show. Correct. And uh, I, th I think we've mentioned it before, but we started going weekly a couple of years ago. So if you did the math, you would think that <laughs> if it was always weekly over seven years, we'd be well, well, well past 200 by now. <laughs> right. Um, but initially, I think it was, man, I think we did a couple a year or something. Um, yeah. So, and you can yeah. submit. But it's hard to believe we're at 200 already. I know. I know. That's awesome. And you can submit your questions to me at katie at thinkinterval.com or you can go to any of our social media channels or to our website and comment in the comment section of our podcast. Um, yep, get find... it to us however you, however you will. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, well, once you guys are hearing this, the Joe Public Retreat will be over, so we'll be able to. It will be, that's right. But uh, that's is happening that's this up. week. So starts yeah. officially begins tomorrow evening, right? Well, it's Tuesday for us, Wednesday, right. the 19th tomorrow. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So, it so all when you will be listening, underway. yeah, when you're listening, it'll be all complete and we'll give you a little update of that after it's, after it's happened. So, yeah. So, yeah. All right. So what are, so we've got our countdown for this week. What was our, what is our, I've got my list here, but uh, Katie, yeah. do you want to, what, what's our countdown for this week? Sure. So our countdown, we asked you guys to submit three things that have changed in healthcare marketing since 2006, which is when our first podcast was. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And if you haven't submitted your answers <clears throat> by the time you hear this, you can go ahead and submit those whenever you'd like, as well as the past couple of weeks too. So three things that have changed in healthcare marketing. Adam, do you want to start? Right. I can start. I'm going to guess that we're going to have some quite a bit of overlap here. So maybe right. like if one of mine is, is one of yours, which I suspect at least one, if not all will be, mm -hmm. um, we can just maybe just shout it out and we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, so the first one, and I don't, you know, this isn't one that to go, to go super deep into, but is, uh, is reform. Yep. Um, that's obviously, huge um and it's going to have ramifications you know for better or worse who knows you know a lot of things a lot of things are still kind of unknown and certainly a lot of things have already happened um but and that's just in the last in the last couple of years uh here but um 
you know, that's going to reshape and is reshaping our industry. Um, not only just from a marketing standpoint, but, you know, obvious, well, from a marketing standpoint, because, you know, the, the products and services that we provide are being, are being, uh, shaped by this and, uh, and, and our audiences are being, uh, redefined or restructured or, or, you know, it's kind of changing because of it. So that, uh, I put that as number one. Um, yeah, I think that that's a huge one. And I think, you know, I looking back, you know, if we're thinking, you know, 2006, you know, I think there was a time when there was a lot of pride associated with being an independent, um, organization or an independent hospital. Mm -hmm. And I think when you look at today, because of largely because of reform, you're seeing so many hospitals merge and, and really that's kind of the, the way that a lot of smaller players, especially are going to remain viable in, in this kind of new, this new arena. So yeah, that's a huge one. Yeah. I had a kind of a similar one that came off of that. I just talked about the complexities of mergers and acquisitions and ACOs and the branding mm -hmm. and the marketplace for all of those. And that's a, a result yep. of, um, healthcare reform. So yeah. that was one of my changes. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I could have went broad with number two, but I broke it out into two and three because I think they are distinctly different. Um, so number two, I, I put mobile, uh, you know, the mm -hmm. devices people are, are using to find us on learn about us on, um, uh, you know, on which they engage us and use our services in some cases, it's just changed dramatically. Uh, you know, the first, we could probably, well, I think for sure we can credit the iPhone with being the first device, um, to really put a literally put a full featured, you know, for the most part, computer into somebody's hand, into their pocket. Um, and since then, it's been, you know, we have not looked back. It's, it's full steam ahead with mobile. Uh, PCs are fading away, um, at least in the consumer space. Um, you know, there's just less and less need for these big behemoth machines or even laptops in many cases. Mm -hmm. uh, people can get by with a mobile device, and in many cases, it's, it's preferable. Um, so I put that as number two, you know, it really impacts the way we design, the way we need to think about content, the way we need to think about, um, the people who access our content and services. Um, so that's, that's huge, especially from uh, marketing and communications perspective. Right. Yeah. I had that as well. And I think, you know, when you think about the way people and consumers interact with your organization, that that's how it, how it is. And, you know, it's gone from, you know, just the web being, um, being huge to now mobile. And, you know, we've talked about these stats before, but, you know, about half of the people now are, you know, accessing websites um, via their smartphones or tablets versus the laptop. So that's a, that's a, a massive shift. Uh, and I broke out to number three. I, I put search the way, the way that people are, I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand a little bit with mobile, but it's still, it's, it's its own thing. You know, assuming that, you know, uh, mobile devices didn't take off the way they, they have. Um, and it's hard to imagine that ever being the case now. Um, I don't, I don't think that, um, you know, mobile is redefining search too, because we're searching differently because of it. Um, but I think search would have continued to evolve because it was already very important even six, seven years ago. Um, mm -hmm. but it's really, really dramatically involved and been heavily influenced by mobile. Um, but to me it was very distinct and should, it needs to be its own thing. So I put search as the third, um, th my number three in terms of the three big things that I have seen over the last, uh, six, seven years in reshaping, uh, our, our industry, at nice. least from a marketing communications perspective. Nice. Yep. Huge. Yeah, so what I are the had, other ones? Had, you know, I had some overlap as well. I had mobile, um, Adam. The second one I had, you know, my 
Um, my second one was the, the power of wellness. You know, I think that you're just seeing people focus so much more on, um, keeping people healthy. And part of that I think is, you know, driven a little bit by reform, a little bit by, um, employers trying to keep their workforce healthy and, and by doing so, you know, lowering their insurance costs. But I think there's a, you know, been a realization, you know, in the last, you know, six, seven years that, you know, people don't want to come to your hospital no matter how, shiny your new inpatient tower is or how even how friendly your staff is i mean they don't nobody wants to to be there and so you know if you can engage with people to keep them healthy um, and stay out of your hospital then they're, they're going to be more um, more open to that and i think you're just seeing really a shift in 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 some of the messages that are really um wellness wellness focused um my third one was social media you know, I think, mm-hmm. you know, social media came about, um, healthcare organizations, most of them were a little slow to, you know, you know, kind of dive in. And, you know, there were certainly some, some early adopters, uh, like Mayo, for example, that, that really, you know, did dive in, um, with both feet and, uh, have done a great job with it. But I think now you're seeing that, you know, healthcare organizations are really, realizing the the power of of social media as it as it relates to connecting with their consumers Uh, and i think just the tone um from a communications perspective that um is used in social media is just such a departure from how many healthcare organizations would interact with consumers so that's i think really changed that relationship and how people connect um with a healthcare organization yeah yeah Awesome. Yeah, I also had social media as one of mine. I think 2006, was that even the year that Twitter really started? Maybe it was earlier than that, but I think that maybe is the year. Um, So I think social media was one of mine as well, and um, I think that's huge. Um, And then my third one, and I think that this is more so been taking place in more recent days, um, but I wrote that the criticism of the of the industry and its spending on mass advertising is something that's really becoming more public. Um, people are becoming more aware of it. Um, and I, th- we're, you know, we're currently keeping a list of people who criticize hospital marketing. Um, um, and, you know, as people focus more on healthcare spending, I think that that's going to become even, um, a bigger issue. So that was another one of mine. Good ones. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, not a bad list. Yeah. So submit yours too. Um, we want to know what you think when you think of uh, the biggest changes in the past seven years. So submit them to us. Yeah. All right. Well, we had a couple of great articles too to touch base on for this week. Uh, the first one from Fast Company, I believe. Who found this one? I did. Yeah, it's All from right. Fast so Company. All right, well, why don't you set it up? Sure. Um, so the article is on their coexist. I think it's on their coexist part of their website. Um, and it is titled, How David Droga, is that how you pronounce it, I assume? Creates uh, that was, that's, that's how I was reading it. Okay. Creates advertising that matters. Uh, and he is the man behind Droga 5. And he talks about how he uses the ad world to create markets for important ideas and to sell stuff too, of course. Uh, And so he is the guy or his agency is the one that in 2007 launched this UNICEF TAP project, which um, 
uh, brought more awareness um, to raising funds for clean tap water. And you can give money, you were able to give money in small increments to help uh, make uh, clean tap water possible for more people. And it really pulled on celebrities in order to make that happen and to raise awareness for the whole project. And so the whole article is really about uh, using advertising in a way that connects it to a bigger mission and uh, it really matters for consumers and it talks about how this is the first time in history that companies really have to think about how they're being perceived as giving back um, as a whole to the to the world to their communities and this whole company is really founded around that idea of this new generation is really always thinking about how people are or how companies are giving back and it says at the core of Droga 5's mission is impact, what they call creativity with a purpose. And, you know, it talks a lot about creating original content that matters to people. So a lot of stuff that, like we talk about with content marketing. Um, and it was just a, it's just a really interesting agency and they do some interesting stuff. And I thought that it was a cool one to bring up because I feel like this whole idea of cause marketing even within corporations has become really big and I've read a lot of things about how my generation especially is really tuned into all of that um, so I think it's really important to think about and consider yeah there's a great you know, quote in here that I think just perfectly aligns with um, you know our, with, with, with one of our perspectives on especially on on mass advertising um, and I'm just going to read that real quick. It's, it's, he says, uh, the article states, uh, Androga has been quite outspoken about the state of advertising as we know it, saying that 90% of advertising is pollution and that the industry, which has the potential to impact every sector, can and should do better. Droga seeks to set an example with his work, creating something positive that elevates the industry. Uh, then in quotes, inspiration or emulation, I'll take either, Droga says. Um, you know, and that's, you know, really very much aligns with our attitude towards advertise mass advertising um in general and how we really uh try to get clients to you know i don't want to say think bigger but think differently so that you're not defaulting to um you know the things we've always done the billboards the magazine advertising the same old song and dance that you know is is been very difficult to to demonstrate results and to start exploring you know, avenues that you can demonstrate results and that actually impact the bottom line mm -hmm. and that help, you know, better people's lives at the same time. Right. Right. Yeah. It's cool to see, you know, his philosophy and, and Katie, I agree. I think he, you know, there's a similar approach that, that we talk about, but you know, in this article, it also says that, you know, the starting place for them with a client is not what the campaign is going to look like or sound like, but, but what the impact is going to be. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think as marketers, we all strive to obviously have an impact and really keeping that front and center, uh, can help, help you get to a place where you can actually do that. Um, so I, I really like, I really like their approach. Yeah. And when I was reading this, I was really reminded, and I don't know if you guys have heard of this. I might have talked about it in the office sometime. It reminded me of the website Sevenly, um, which is a nonprofit that creates, every week they create a new t-shirt or new apparel, basically, with um, branded for a nonprofit. Um, so like for this week, it's 
all of their apparel that people can buy on their website this week is for to raise money for a photography company for families whose children are facing very terminal illnesses so that they can create these beautiful photography um, for these, unfortunately, these last moments. Um, and it really reminded me of that because this company has done so well. And I think that really the power of social media has really helped with these kind of companies and these kind of campaigns um, because it allows you to really share these really um, powerful messages and these powerful projects that um, really catch on pretty quick. Yeah, not only that, but this particular site really leverages um, trends, uh, whether it's kind of style style trends yeah. or mm-hmm. whether it com- you know when it comes to like the jewelry that they've had on here or. Um, you know, some of the baby blankets, the, the, the kind of the cuteness of them or the shirts and the t- tanks that they have on there. Right. Um, the design is fantastic. Right. And it's the kind of stuff that it's the kind of stuff that you would buy anyway, um, because it's just the kind of the cute, cool, feel good stuff that you want to have around around you. Right. At least I do. <laughs> right. And, and, um, and a lot of the people I know. Uh, so, I mean, it's just a I mean they nailed it yeah. with this, with this idea. Um, and I'm glad to see that it's uh, been as successful as it has been. Yeah. And I, I forgot yeah. to say every week they, they donate $7 to the cause for each purchase. So, I mean, that adds up pretty quick because it's, um, a lot of people really like the site. So it's cool. Yeah. What, what I think what these, both of these organizations have done is, you know, tap into a person's desire to, to also have an impact and do good. And I think when you can do something really simple, like buy a t-shirt mm-hmm. that looks cool and it has a, has a benefit to someone else, maybe in need or donate a dollar and, and it helps get, you know, clean water to, you know, third world countries, you know, that makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's, that's something that everybody desires. So it's a, it's a really smart, smart approach to, to have a, a positive impact, but also, you know, benefit the organization that's behind it. Yeah. 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 Well, that dude's Droga dude's pretty inspirational. Yeah. Dude. And man, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think we all strive to, live our, our dream and do, do something that just, you know, that you wake up in the morning and, you know, you don't dread going to work. Right. <laughs> you you right. get up and you're happy and you're excited to go make a difference and do something cool. And, you know, I think so many of us end up in positions not like that. I feel fortunate to be, um, you know, in a, in, in, in a boat like that as well. So, um, right. cool. Right. Very cool. All right, uh, we've got another article. It is from, you know, I don't think I've ever been to this site before, digiday.com? Yeah, digiday. Digiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has some, but digiday has just some information about digital trends type of things. So it's kind of a cool website. I don't visit it that often, no. but when I do, there's usually some good stuff. So. And this is. Oh man, this is a dramatic title. <laughs> even, even though the con- even though the conclusion is d- definitely the opposite of the title, a <laughs> little bit of a uh, little bit of link bait there. Um, no, but I, th- I think his his message is is I shouldn't say yeah, it is a him. Uh, Sam Slaughter is the author, and the article is titled "The Page View Is Dead." And uh, Katie, you found this one too. Why don't you set this one up? Sure. So this article just I mean it it talks about analytics and how people look at analytics and how companies use analytics 
Um, and it talks about how the page view is not the way to look at analytics and how a lot of companies, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of political pressure to uh, show how their efforts are working. And they do things like, I think one of the examples in here is like creating a slideshow that's 50 pages long so that you have to click through it and you get all these page clicks that aren't actually showing an impact. Or it says, when Business Insider squeezes 58,000 page views out of a story appropriated from elsewhere. Um, And it's just talking about how, basically talking about the best way to look at analytics and um, to show how things are effective or not effective. And yeah, or or at least the way to not look at analytics, or to start, or to, to start. I want to say to start stop thinking, right? <laughs> but the way to stop thinking about um, this this metric that we've all been, uh, you know, kind of kind of clinging to. And mm-hmm. I think we've we've been questioning it since mm-hmm. it. You know, it was like, well, what? You know, and that's the page view. It's like, what? You know, ultimately, what matters is you know how your efforts online. Um, well, from, from a marketing and business standpoint, how they impact your bottom line as an organization. Um, you know, I think in our industry, we can also say maybe how, how some of this stuff impacts the, the, the well-being of your community. Um, I don't know that, you know, most commercial, uh, you know, uh, companies are not going to be, uh, necessarily focused quite that much. They're going to probably be focused mainly on the bottom line. I think we've got, um, some, some other stuff we can focus on a little bit too, but in the, in the end, you know, hospitals or businesses and, um, need to need to make money to survive. So really, you know, what we're trying to do is, uh, you know, get people to stop thinking about, um, you know, much like this article says, you know, don't, don't focus on page views, but you know, in the end you want to tie that data back to a CRM and back to actual results, Mm -hmm. uh, within your organization, stuff that's making a difference, um, you know, on the bottom line and hopefully stuff that's making a difference in, you know, the betterment of people's lives. Yeah. Right. I think it can be easy to get focused on, you know, big numbers, whether it's page views or, you know, I think about it from a, a PR perspective, you know, in the PR world, you know, people often get worked up about impressions and, you know, how many impressions mm-hmm. did we get in terms of, you know, there's a placement, you know, whether it's on TV or in a magazine and impressions are great, but the big question is, is it translating into impact on your business, which is obviously, right. you know, what's important. Uh, and if it's not, you know, you might not be reaching the right people or you're not engaging them in a meaningful way. Um, so for most organizations, especially in healthcare, it's, you know, it's, it should be less about having some huge, you know, page viewer impression number that speaks to reaching masses. But instead, you know, it's important to connect with your specific targets, which, you know, is typically a much smaller audience uh, and show that you're reaching and engaging those people, you know, and the right people in the right way. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not that those metrics are meaningless. Um, they just need to be taken with a grain of salt and, you know, uh, you know, they need to be viewed as part of a, a larger picture and not kind of mm-hmm. the picture. Right. Right. And I mean, that's something the article doesn't talk about is, okay, the page view is dead, but okay, so what do we look at? And I think that, right. you know, I think that is a challenge sometimes because it's like, okay, if we don't look at the page view, do we look at how long someone spent on a page? Do we look at if they bounced from the page, um, to show ineffectiveness. So I think it, I think it is a matter of looking at the whole picture, um, and really figuring out what equates effectiveness. Yeah. Well, in the end, it's, at the end, it's going to be all about connecting it back to, you know, how people are, are using your services. Um, and that, that's the key. If, if that's missing, 
you know, you can, you can dig into analytics as much as you want, but you you know, if you can never tie it back to how your business is performing, um, then, you know, all the metrics are for not, you might as well not even have analytics on your website. Right. Exactly. Very true. Yeah. So good article. We'll link that one up in the show notes, which you can find at thinkinterval.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Is that it? I think that's it. Yeah, I think that is. It is. All right, cool. Well, thanks for joining us again. Don't forget to submit your response uh, to our, uh, what, what the heck, what were we asking the for again top, this week? It just the top three marketing leaders and that have influenced your own marketing efforts in the past seven years. Yes. Okay. So, and that can be from outside the industry, inside the healthcare industry, colleagues, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then just, uh, we have some past topics that you can still submit for. And every time you submit your name gets entered again into our cauldron. So make sure that you uh, submit for each one. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. at the cauldron right now. It's, <laughs> it's not very, it's very, uh, omin- very, it's very <laughs> ominous. Right. Yes. It's not a very intimidating cauldron. I, no, I imagine a very small witch <laughs> stirring up the names. <laughs> it's a gold colored flowery cauldron <laughs> i basically just found whatever i could in the office and we needed yes. a cauldron anything you know, that could contain it was that or the keurig and we figured probably we're not approved <laughs> yeah, our cauldrons you know it's more of a vase but we'll <laughs> all right well send 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 that to us however you will and we will we'll get it in there and um perhaps uh in a couple weeks you'll be the proud owner of a uh iPad mini, a Apple TV, or a Fitbit, right? Those are the things we're giving away? That is correct. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, uh, until next week, uh, this is Adam Meyer, Robert Prevo, and Katie Streeter. All right. We'll catch you later. 